welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. My name is Khadija Adams. I'm excited to be here with you. Um, our show is actually powered by the National Cannabis Industry Association, also known as the NCIA. Um, I am the founder of Girl Get That Money, which is a business empowerment coaching and consultancy firm, and also the founder of the Green Street Academy, where we teach you the basics of investing in cannabis stocks. So our, our goal here at the Cannabis Minority Report podcast is to highlight minority entrepreneurs in the space and share weekly updates um, about what they're doing, right, um, in the industry as a whole. And then also we like to interview minorities, um, entrepreneurs, minority-owned companies, companies that support social equity, social justice, as well as social equity applicants, and a host of other cannabis industry leaders and pioneers. Joining me today are my very special guests. Um, of course, uh, the month of November is our Courage in Cannabis Authors, where we're going to be interviewing different authors. And today we have Sharlana McKeithen and also Kevin Green. We're also supposed to have Matt Grundahl um, join us a little bit later. So when we return from our commercial break, we'll catch you up on the latest news about minorities and cannabis. And we'll learn more about these authors and their journeys into the cannabis industry. So if you're watching us right now on Facebook, now's a great time to hit that share button or better yet, tag a friend and share it on your timeline and maybe they can watch it with you and, um, and have something to converse about, right? Drop us a comment in the links as well. Um, we're looking forward to seeing you right after these messages. that regulation works. Their expungement clinic, um, Corey Dishman and Charles Penn are the founders of the Library of New Jersey. Um, their expungement clinic is going to take place in West Orange tomorrow, November 23rd, um, and it takes place from 12 to 7 p.m. at the Cambria Hotel on 12 Rooney Circle in West Orange. Now, the library, for those of you who don't know, is a minority-owned company that's seeking to obtain a retail marijuana dispensary license or a micro license when it becomes available in um, New Jersey. We all know that New Jersey is a bit behind, um, but we're excited about the Library of New Jersey because they stand to be the first Black-owned recreational cannabis retail shop. So we're excited about that. So if you are, um, if you have a marijuana-related charge that is not like a violent charge or, you know, um, any other um, um, drug charge along with that, but if you have a marijuana charge that you want to have expunged, um, then do show up tomorrow from 12 to 7 p.m. at the Cambria Hotel on Rooney Circle. And then did you guys know that Uber announced today, right, through the fourth estate wire, that they have ventured into cannabis delivery through their Uber Eats service in Ontario. Now, they have collaborated with cannabis retailer Tokyo Smoke to allow online cannabis orders um, after offering liquor deliveries earlier on. 
And the CEO, um, her name is Dara, I'm sorry, Dara, and get this, Kaurosani, I hope I'm not pronouncing that wrong, I'm pretty sure I am, so I apologize in advance. But she actually said that last um, April that they would consider delivering cannabis right here in the United States once we get our, you know, legalities together. But y'all know I wanted to say something else, right? So read between the lines. Um, so for our Uber drivers right now, I think you're in a really good place, right? It's all about timing and positioning. So stay where you are. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't venture into something else. Just don't give up that spot because when America does decide to legalize legally, you guys, right? Your tips are going to be a lot bigger than what they are right now, I promise. <laughs> All right, next up in the news, um, Aurora, you guys. Aurora Cannabis has sponsored Cannabis Amnesty to support next phase of can the next phase of cannabis advocacy. Um, so the Canadian company defining the future of cannabinoids worldwide, today they announced a new renewed partnership and sponsorship of Cannabis Amnesty in support of their advocacy work, um, calling for blanket pardons to all individuals for the offense of simple possession of cannabis. And the sponsorship will also um, support Cannabis Amnesty's campaign to right these historical wrongs, especially the impact on racialized communities. Um, so for more information about that, I want you guys to go to um, cannabisamnesty.ca, cannabisamnesty.ca for more information. Now, last week we talked about um, my three top marijuana stock picks and all that good stuff. And y'all do know that I, invest also in private placements. So some of the private placements that I've decided to invest in, um, and you know, I invest in real estate, biotechnology and technology. So I have invested in Noted, N-O-D-E-D. -E so you guys look them up, N-O-D-E-D.info. And then also investing in a Jamaican bed and breakfast. That's the real estate part of this. I'm excited about that. You guys will hear more about that come March and April. And then I have also deployed capital into Popcom. So if you guys have never heard of that, that's a vending machine um, that was actually designed and put out by um, an African-American sister in the cannabis space by the name of Dawn. Y'all look her up as Popcom, P-O-P-C-O-M. Um, so if you're thinking about investing, just know I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a broker. I don't play one on TV and definitely don't play one, play one on the internet, but I am an accredited investor. I do deploy capital. Right now I'm working with social equity applicants, but wanted to share with you what I am currently investing in and in hopes that you were looking at getting your portfolio off to a great start. So when we return, you guys, we're going to learn more about these amazing co-authors of a new book compilation that reveals their stories of courage in cannabis. So if you're watching us on Facebook, now is a great time to hit that share button. Um, I think it's down here or over here, wherever it is. Tag some of your friends, put it on your timeline, because we'll be right back after these messages. Hi, my name is Monica Gray. Kimberly Cargyle. My name is Sharon Data Jean. Even though I've been a member of the National Cannabis Industry Association for the last decade, this year, 
I moved up my support and my membership to the Evergreen tier. With the help of NCIA and being an Evergreen member, we believe that we could push this agenda forward. Banking's always been my number one issue. Um, payment processing has always been a huge issue, cash payments. But now that the cell phone companies are getting involved, we need to make sure that we get minorities and African-Americans, people that have been affected by the war on drugs, indigenous people, brown and black people holistically needs to be a part of this conversation. It is so amazing to have a group like NCIA that has my back. Let's get you in front of these senators that don't know what it's like. And as the best of the best, and we want to make sure we have, we have a voice as cannabis legalization is moving forward. Government relations and advocacy directly affect the bottom line. Really getting to the table as a small business member to making sure that the small business member, um, small business owner gets a voice at this policy table. Are ensuring a smooth transition into federal legalization and regulation for our legacy industry here in California. Realizing that you, no one's going to fight for you like you can fight for yourself, I decided to take um, NCIA's support in joining this tier of focusing on policy. We need to come together and push for this agenda. It is critical that our industry steps up and engages. We need to make sure that our voices are heard. We have the support of NCIA by joining the Evergreen tier as our lobbying firm for us, the little people. Cannabis business owners, entrepreneurs that really see the bigger picture to say, let's push this agenda forward. We can't do this without you. It is so difficult to run a business and be a small business owner in this space, in this cannabis space. I encourage you to join me and become an Evergreen member today. We need your help. Join the Evergreen tier and fight. Hey guys, we are back with our Courage in Cannabis authors, Sherlana McKeithen, Kevin Green, and Matt Grendel. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing y'all's name incorrectly, but I wanna read off their bios before we just dive into the questions. So Charlana McKeithen is the founder and executive director of the Political Action Committee and nonprofit Cannabis Laws Matter, which advocates for cannabis laws and regulations on behalf of the medical cannabis patient, consumer, and those who have been disproportionately affected by the war on drugs. Now, Kevin Green is a father, a mentor, a compassionate community member, and successful entrepreneur with a focus on the equitable development of community and business. Um, having ownership in two successful startups, faces international marketing and development, as well as the Cleveland School of Cannabis. Next, we have Matt Grundahl, um, who was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and grew up in a Catholic household. He's a horticulturist, and um, he said that is actually his calling. And he loves God and nature, and he believes in karma. Matt says that his best life success was beating alcohol. So we're going to find out more about that. So welcome, you guys, to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. Good to have you on today. Thank you. I appreciate being a guest. 
Absolutely. So let's get started with Shalana, and then we're going to pass the mic over to Kevin Green and then to Matt. So Shalana, tell us about your journey into cannabis, how it has affected your life, and what made you decide um, to advocate for others. Thank you. I, again, appreciate being here. And um, we're having some power issues, but as Hadith has stated, you know, in the past, you have to pivot and the show must go on. So this isn't the normal uh, camera I use, but, you know, I wanted to still be here. So please forgive me. Um, so thank you for that. And my journey with cannabis started with an interest in the plant, seeing what it was doing across the country. But then at some point I started having medical issues and they became very severe. Um, I started with the mental health arena and learned that I can't take antidepressants because they make me suicidal. And then um, it turned into physical health where um, I was having uterus problems and it turned from, from that to anemia where I was having blood transfusions. And from that to having an autoimmune disease that um, fibromyalgia that is treated with antidepressants and opioids. I don't want to touch opioids, but again, I can't take antidepressants. So it left me in a place where I lost my quality of life. Um, I had to have caregivers. I couldn't do much on my own at all. So one of my relatives um, introduced me to cannabis from a medical perspective because I didn't like it from a, hey, let's go hang out and smoke because it made me sleepy. And I wasn't hanging out. I was sleeping. <laughs> so, so from a medical perspective and having, you know, a lot of different options that are geared to what you're going through, it started giving me my quality of life back immediately. You know, I was on 15 pills a day, multiple times a day. And that was the minimum because they wanted me on more. And I just, mm -mm, no, we can't keep doing this. And so I started coming off the pills little by little. My primary care was very supportive in this journey. And, and that's the biggest thing when you're, you're a medical professional person that you deal with is supportive on your journey. Um, you have to look for that. Don't be scared to walk away from a doctor because they're not supportive of you going a natural way. Uh -huh. So <clears throat> with me adding cannabis my regimen, I was able to start doing things like going to conferences, going to um, different events and things of that nature. But the thing is, is that I'm in New Jersey and because of cannabis, cannabis is very expensive, very, uh -huh. very expensive. And once you start dealing with cannabis from a medicinal standpoint, the street cannabis is, you just like, I'll deal with it if I have to, but it's not really what you want. Right. You know, from various reasons, from, you know, <clears throat> what it, the different strains, the terpenes, um, just knowing what you're getting and putting it in your body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we we're at that dilemma. Plus, we were trying to um, get more medical relief for patients um, and also trying to push adult use. So, from going, to events, I went into advocacy and started meeting with legislators, started put, 
started pushing out campaigns, um, just trying to get this plant to be more available to people who have a situation and story like like I did. I'm disabled, you know, and I can't I can't afford that. Mm-hmm. So that's more so how I became a part of this journey. And I've been doing advocacy actually since 1993, started in college, even with my real estate license. I'm a real estate broker. I've helped people, you know, get housing and things of that nature. So advocacy is in my, it is in me. And so that's just, I took it to a whole nother level because I actually found my passion. Wow. Well, that's amazing because, you know, I, I've never heard that before. I do know that one of the side effects of taking an antidepressant um, is that you have, you know, you could have thoughts of suicide, um, but saying that you can't take them at all because it, it, you know, gives you that side effect. You know, many other people are the same way. And being able to take cannabis, um, you said something that that um, that that resonated with me because you know, being a person that <clears throat> consumes cannabis for my health too, right? I didn't want the street cannabis versus the medical, the medicinal cannabis. <laughs> And I mean, because you do, don't you? You get to know the difference. It's like, okay, wait a minute, you know? And so nowadays, though, you got to be careful too, because that stuff that's on the street, you just don't know what they're putting in it. I heard that there's all kinds of stuff going on right now. But being able to advocate for someone, I think that it takes a special kind of person, you know, a heartfelt person to be able to do that. And then who better to do it than to have another patient, someone who can actually speak on it. So we appreciate that. And we're looking forward to um, reading your story um, about your courage in cannabis as well. So I'm going to come back to you. I want to kind of pivot and go to Kevin right now. Tell us about your journey into the cannabis industry and your vision um, to where cannabis is going in the next five years. You know, truthfully for me, it's been, you know, uh, quite a journey and I, it's all based in the sense of, I, I think really the, um, the expectations of being a Jamaican immigrant uh, from who I would be to what my family members have had to embark on, um, you know, coming from Jamaica and dealing in the cannabis industry, find the only way to find economic means and then dealing with the justice system from that, from that standpoint uh, to being a person that was very highly uneducated about cannabis. And as you talked about, you know, street level, cannabis and never respecting the plant um, to a person now that, uh, you know, is uh, running and leading and owning a cannabis school. So the journey has been quite one. Um, I think for me, it's really been around um, uh, continuing to educate myself and really, I think, truthfully respecting it, right? Uh, I think as an adolescent um, and most things, you know, everyone just tells you don't do it, which just makes you want to do it more. Um, (laughs) um, you know, so, you know, now that I'm at a point where it's more so it's like, what do I need, you know, and, and here, here in Charlotte, you know, talk about, you know, the needs and, you know, things with, um, you know, um, prescription drugs and antidepressants and what they can do and having, um, my own battle, you know, with mental health and going through that process, you know, I felt the same way where I didn't feel like myself. Um, you know, on antidepressants, I felt that I lost my edge and what made me special and the superpower that I brought to the world. Mm -hmm. And cannabis has really now been, it's, I use it with purpose. Um, And now that I use it with purpose, because I know more, you know, really my my whole focus now is how do I empower others Mm -hmm. uh, to really be able to not only take control of their life, if they're using from a a medical standpoint, but truthfully, how could they uh, take advantage of the economic opportunities? 
um, you know, that the cannabis industry is not only bringing out, but truthfully, you know, we're just getting started. So um, we have, we don't have any idea where this thing can go because we're just, we're just the tip of the iceberg. Absolutely. You are absolutely right. And, you know, I, um, I have to say that coming from one extreme um, to now owning and being a part owner in a cannabis um, university, a cannabis school, right? I mean, that's a story in itself, but you wrote the foreword. So tell us about, you know, what compelled you to write the foreword? Um, I know you were asked to write it, but what compelled you to, to really write it um, after you were asked? You know, truthfully, when I heard the 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 the, the title, right, Courage and Cannabis, right, um, it, it touched on a statement that I always talk about when I talk to potential students and and really speaking is about the quiet six. Um, there's ten people sitting at a table, um, and six of them support cannabis, use cannabis, but they're the ones that are quiet, right, because they're afraid of being put to the side, judged, devalued, right. Um, and for me here encouraging cannabis, I'm like, that is what's happened over the last, especially the last decade, really the last five years, is that so many people have finally been empowered to be courageous about however they f- feel about cannabis, whether they're a direct user or someone that's, you know, providing it to their kids, you know, or somebody that's getting in a business opportunity or they're an education standpoint, no matter where you are, is that we don't have to be the quiet six and be put to the side. And for me, it spoke to everything, you know, that I think that I've been about is that I have always held held back a lot of who I am to attain the success that I wanted in business. You know, I thought I couldn't be this, you know, everything from having earrings in my ears. I took the day I said, I'm starting business. I took the earrings out. Okay. I can't do this. Um, I had the tattoos like, okay. You know, I wore a long sleeve shirt for six years. My first six years of doing business. People see me at those. Like I never knew you had tattoos. I'm like, I've always had them, but I felt I couldn't be my authentic self. So I know that the topic is cannabis, but I believe that this book and other things are revolving, evolving around this industry is giving people courage, is giving people a place where they can stand and be themselves and be respected at that level and not be devalued. So for me, I felt it spoke to me in many, many ways for the struggle that I've gone through personally uh, to be my authentic self in all spaces, uh, the struggle that I'll continue to go through in being a Black man in spaces, a person that's in the cannabis industry um, in spaces. Um, so I'm just glad to be a part of it and do anything that I can to continue to highlight and champion the voices of the individuals that we're going to need. And truthfully, without those voices of courageous people prior to me um, having any part of the industry, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have these opportunities. So I owe them that. And I'm just looking forward to continue to build that opportunity for others. I love that. That's amazing because it is all about, you know, each one teach one, right? And bringing people up along with you and not excluding people, um, especially in the Black community. And and we see that outside of the industry and sometimes even inside of the industry, unfortunately. And um, and, and I love what you said about being able to, you know, once who came before you being able to make space for other people, because we all have our, our courage in cannabis and we all have our stories and being able to tell those stories can really empower other people. And that's what it's really um, really all about. So I think we've lost Matt, but we're going to go ahead and continue on. Um, what can people expect, Sherlana? What can they expect to walk away with after reading your story? Um, I think it reflects the title, Courage. Um, 
I felt that my life was pretty much over and I was angry. Um, but something deep down inside of me doesn't allow me to give up. Um, and so once I came across cannabis and I saw, hold up, I can, I can, I can do this again. You know, not a hundred percent, but I'm not stuck in the bed. And so it shows that, you know, the journey's not perfect. Um, it's painful going to meet legislators, walking through state house, um, going to events where I was literally sick. Um, it's not perfect, but you can still do it. And so I just wanted to bring out the light in people to say, you don't have to give up. You know, if I can do it, you, you can definitely do it. We just have to learn how to support each other and work with each other and if you can't handle this because of your sickness, then let me do this part and you do this part. Nothing is perfect, but we gotta have each other's back, especially the minorities in this space. You know, we can't fight each other. We have to work with each other because if we do that, then we can get much further together than separated. Absolutely, and I love that. I love that you, um kind of close with that because that is the truth, right? It's really about us being together and, and having one another's back, right? Um, because it isn't perfect. We're all imperfect human beings living in this world together, especially in this cannabis industry, man. And yes. it's, it's a big industry, but it's a small yes. community. And so it's really important um, to, to really inspire others and bring others along as we climb um, on our journey. So Kevin, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs seeking to enter the cannabis industry? You know, I mean, the first thing I, I think, you know, uh, entrepreneurship is, you know, they always say network, 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 right? Um, it is, <laughs> I, I've been hearing it. I've been hearing it since day one of getting out, just getting out of school period, right? Everyone's just saying, you got to network with people, you got to build relationships. Um, as you just, you know, talked about the industry is big, but it's small. Uh, so the networking that you will do in this industry will be 10 times as more than I think you'll do in any other industry. Uh, one main reason is it, it is it is small for how big it's going to eventually be. But also we are all startups. I don't care if you're the number one or the biggest or you just started yesterday. We're all startups. So we're all looking for who our partners are, where things are going to go. So this industry has more eager folks that want to connect with others more so than anything. Uh, truthfully. Uh, the second is really educate yourself, right? Um, don't allow yourself to not be prepared for what's happening, right? Uh, because this industry is continuing to evolve every single day. And it's on acceleration mode because it's trying to catch up at the end of the day, right? It's been suppressed for so long. Even when California started this in 96, think about where we were in 96. People didn't even really know that California really was legal in mid-2000s. That's true. You know you know, things of that sort, right? So, you know, this process started quite some time ago. Um, and even through the process of legalization that we have today, right, 36 states have medical, right? There is still some suppression of information, this is suppression of process, right? So you must really focus on educating yourself in all aspects. And truthfully, as an entrepreneur, I don't think you can never not be a lifelong learner, right? Because the world's going to change, right? Before 2020, the world was a certain way. The world has changed now. You know, yeah, um, yeah. at the end of the day, you know, <laughs> where we're going. That's true. 
and we're going to continue to go through these cycles. So, you know, always network, always build relationships. They will be the core of what's going to help you take advantage of opportunities. No opportunities are going on, but also the team that and the support that you'll need through the process. Be a lifelong learner, right? Never stop learning. And learning doesn't always have to be in the contract of walls and books, right? You can learn from just this conversation you're hearing today yeah. that you can take to facilitate something else for yourself. Those two things I think are crucial with being in the process and truthfully always fail forward, right? Failure is not failure. Failure is lessons learned in the process. So failing forward is something you just have to do. Brush yourself off, get back up, stay committed to your goal and what you want to do and how you want to accomplish it. Make the adjustments needed because you're learning as you're failing um, and, and get back up and committed to it. Because if you really want to do it, you can do it and manifest anything that you want to do. You just have to be committed to the process. Absolutely. I love that word you use, manifest, 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 manifest. Let me tell you something that is important. And, and what you said, Kevin, is um, really inspiring because it is true. We have to make sure that we re-educate ourselves about this industry um, and also do uh, a lot of networking. It's like being on a political campaign, right? You have to literally get out there, face everywhere, notes everywhere, articles everywhere, shaking hands and just getting to know people, what they're doing in the industry, et cetera, et cetera, and um, being able to encourage and support one another. So Charlotte, I'll ask you, what advice would you give um, to aspiring entrepreneurs entering this industry? Um, I totally agree with what Kevin just said. Um, I work with a lot of um, legislators and advocates. Advocates who can get you to entrepreneurship also because you're learning the laws, you're connecting with the right people and rela relationships in this industry is everything. Um, it's a large industry, but again, it's, it, it is small. So building relationships like myself, um, when we have conferences, because I'm disabled, I can make it through the conference, but then I can't necessarily do the networking and events at night. <laughs> I have to choose my battles wisely. And so my relationships have pushed me um, to places in this industry that I never thought I would be. Um, this industry is like my past industry, which is technology, 90s tech, white male dominated. And so, I learned how to maneuver through that. You have to have thick skin. If someone turns you down once, don't give up. Keep pushing, keep building them relationships. You know, it's funny because when I work with people, I'll go to someone and say, well, what do you, what do you think about working together? Oh, I'm doing that, that, that. But before you know it, they're circling back around and say, look, look let's make that this happen. Have respect, have integrity, um, be honest, all those things, believe it or not, will get you very, very far because you will be respected at the end of the day because what's in the dark always comes to light. So That's just fine. do the right thing, build those relationships. Don't worry about not being able to go to all of these events. If you can, do it. But if you can't, that's just an obstacle that you have to overcome and those relationships will get you there. Absolutely. I agree with you. And hey, if you can't just find some virtual events, right? You can go to virtual events, you know, as well. Well, I want to thank you both for joining us today. Sorry that Matt dropped off. Maybe we'll have him on another time. Um, we wish you both much success um, and a successful launch of Courage in Cannabis. Super excited about that. 
you guys are welcome to stay on with us, but just know that we're going to follow you guys and, and also hopefully have you guys back on um, the Cannabis Minority Report in the future so that we can see how you're progressing and how you're moving along and who you're actually helping and how you're helping one another. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. With te technical difficulties and all. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you both. All right, you guys, um, be sure to subscribe to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and any of your other favorite platforms. If you like to um, any of the products or want to highlight your products actually on the Cannabis Minority Report, make sure you get them to me so I can check them out, okay? And also, if you are looking to run your 30-second or one-minute commercial during our um, shows every Monday, um, pl please be sure to hit me up via email at info at KhadijaAdams.com. That's info at KhadijaAdams.com. We'll be back right after these messages. the NCIA's member news blog and the industry insights that includes uh, um, it, that includes the NCIA member spotlight series and we will also highlight some of our new members who have joined us through this social equity um, scholarship program that we have and also don't forget to download our app we have an app you guys um, so go to your google play and put in NCIA and you know the mobile app will appear you can get highlighted information the latest news and of course you get to see my very very own producer mr vince chandler and his updates for the ncia as well don't forget to join us december 15th through the 17th at the ncia's cannabis business summit um, go to cannabisbusinesssummit.com to purchase your tickets we're going to be in san francisco december 15th through the 17th so we hope to see you there and a big shout out to our DEI program sponsors, Tahoe Wellness Center, the law offices of Omar Figueroa, as well as Copper State Farms. The mission of the DEIC committee is to educate, advocate, engage, and empower the community of cannabis, its members by cultivating 
partnerships with other nonprofit organizations with similar goals, providing resources that create and sustain an environment that is inclusive, equitable, and diverse. We are committed to building a culture that respects our members and celebrates their accomplishments and contributions as we work together to strengthen all communities in cannabis. Until next Monday, peace, love, and hippie stuff. NCIA's Cannabis Minority Report is a product of the National Cannabis Industry Association and NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. We are hosted every week by Khadijah Adams. Our executive producers are Aaron Smith and Vince Chandler. We are directed by Vince Chandler and produced by Bethany Moore. Please, please, please find out everything you can about the growing and equitable cannabis industry at thecannabisindustry.org.